Hello and welcome to Bible 365 with me, Hugh Hattrick. I hope you're well and enjoying your Sunday afternoon. It's been a lovely day here in Scotland. I hope wherever you are in the world that you're having a great time. At, uh, and obviously avoiding all of these horrendous illnesses and things like the coronavirus. I hope you're managing to keep well away from anything like that. Well, it's day number 15. That's right, we've done over two weeks of this already. It's absolutely flying in. And uh, we are going to be reading from Genesis chapter 36 and 37. And in the New Testament, we'll be at Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 21. So I hope you feel inspired and ready to go as we read through the word of God today. I hope we had a good service this morning. We were popping in and out of our local service and also one in friends who were in Edinburgh, which was really nice, actually. Um, it was great fun and it's fantastic to see how people are keeping up with church services online with things like Zoom and things like that. Remember to subscribe to the channel as well. Um, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel and also to Anchor FM, then you'll never miss an episode and you can share it out with your friends as well so that they can hear the word every day. That would be fantastic. Now I'll just put on the details here. Right, here we go. Genesis chapter 36. This is the account of the family line of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from the woman of Canaan, Ada, daughter of Elon the Hittite, and Oholibamah, daughter of Anna, and granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite. Also, Basemath, daughter of Ishmael, and sister of Nebioth. Ada bore Eliphaz to Esau. Basemath bore Rule, and Oholibamah, bore Jush, Jalem, and Korah. These were the sons of Esau, who were born to him in Canaan. Esau took his wives and sons and daughters and all the members of his household, as well as his livestock and all his other animals and all the goods he had acquired in Canaan, and moved to a land some distance from his brother Jacob. Their possessions were too great for them to remain together. The land where they were staying could not support them both because of their livestock. So Esau, that is Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife's, uh, wife Ada, and Ruel, the son of Esau's wife Basemath. The sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. Esau's son Eliphaz also had a concubine named Timnah, who bore him Amalek. These were the grandsons of Esau's wife Ada. The sons of Ruel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These were the grandsons of Esau's wife Basemath. The sons of Esau's wife Oholibamah, daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion, who she bore to Esau, Jush, Jalem, and Korah. These were the chiefs among Esau's descendants, the sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau, chiefs Teman, Omar, Zepho, and Kenaz. Korah, Gatam, and Amalek, these were the chiefs descended from Eliphaz and Edom, and they were the grandsons of Ada. The sons of Edo's son Raul, chiefs Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These were the chiefs descended from Raul and Edom. They were grandsons of, of Esau's wife, Basemath. 
the sons of Esau's wife, Oholibama, chiefs Jush, Jalem, and Korah, these were the chiefs descended from Esau's wife, Oholibama, daughter of Anna. These were the sons of Esau, that is, Edom, and these were their chiefs. These were the sons of Seir, the Horite, who were living in the region Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, and Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These sons of Seir and Edom were Horite chiefs. The sons of Lotan, Hori, and Homan, Timna was Lotan's sister. The sons of Shobal, Alvan, Manahath, Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. The sons of Zibion, Ea, and Anna. This is the Anna who discovered the hot springs in the desert while he was grazing the donkeys of his father Zibion. The children of Anna, Dishon and Aholibama, daughter of Anna, the sons of Dishon, Hemden, Eshban, Ethran, and Keran, the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Akan, the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aran. These were the Horite chiefs. Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, and Anna. Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These were the, Hor the Horite chiefs according to their divisions in the land of Seir. These were the kings who reigned in Edom before any Israelite, Israelite king reigned. Bela, son of Bor, became king of Edom. His city was named Dinhaba. When Bela died, Jacob, son of Zerah, from Bozrah, succeeded him as king. When Jacob died, Hushman, from the land of the Temanites, succeeded him as king. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, succeeded him as king. His city was named Avith. When Hadad died, Samla, from uh, Mazrakah, succeeded him as king. When Samla died, Shal from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. When Shal died, Baal, Hassan, oh sorry, Baal Hanan, son of Akbor, succeeded him as king. When Baal Hanan, son of Akbor, died, Hadad succeeded him as king. His city was named Paul, and his wife's name was Mehetabel, daughter of Matred, the daughter of Manzahab. These were the chiefs descended from Esau by name according to their clans and regions, Timnah, Alva, and Japheth, Oholibama, Ella, and Pinon, Kenaz, Teman, Mizbar, Magdil, and Iram. These were the chiefs of Edom, according to their settlements in the land they occupied. And this is the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites. Oof. Oh, my goodness me, there are some real tongue twisters in that. I hope my pronunciation is remotely accurate. Uh, please tell me if it's not, and I'll do my best to try and fix it. Here we go on to cha Genesis chapter 37. Hopefully this might be a little bit easier. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man from 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, 
They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood up, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come, come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron, where Joseph arrived at Shechem. A man found wandering around the fields, uh, in the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? He replied, I am looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are? Are they grazing their flocks? They have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now. Let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that the ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered the goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognised it and said, This is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, 
one of Pharaoh's officials and the captain of the guard. There we are. So I will go to the New Testament now. And it's Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 to 21. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And he answered, Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smouldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. There we are. Well, lots and lots in that. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are able to bring forward your justice and your ways and your will will be done. And we pray, Lord, that we would accept your will in our lives and put it first and seek you first, the kingdom of heaven. We thank you for everything that you have done for us. In your almighty name of Jesus. Amen. And of course, you might be wondering about what it is to be a Christian. And you might have thought already, actually, you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll do the sinner's prayer. And please feel free to join with me. Or you might just want to shut your eyes and listen to the words and confess it in your own heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I know I've done many things wrong. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would forgive me of my sin. And Lord, I forgive anyone else who has sinned against me. Lord, I want to put my trust in you. Everything that I am, I give to you. In your almighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, there we are. That's day 15 of Bible 365. And if you'd like to find out a bit more, you can go on to my website, which is hughhattrick.com. I've got more information there. And as I say, there will be a Facebook page by the time this is all officially launched that you can join as well and put testimonies on. And we'll have lots of good stuff on there. But I hope you have a wonderful day. It's been fantastic 
to have you with us. Eventually, we'll start doing live streams as well. You can leave your comments in the comment section there and let us know what you think or what you would like us to do as well. If there's any particular subject you would like us to cover in the Bible, things like that, or a particular chapter in the Bible, then, then we can look at doing that as well in the very near future. But take care, have a wonderful day, and we will see you tomorrow. Bye just now, and God bless.